podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. Folks, I thought I would be starting today's podcast discussing Liverpool versus Red Bull Salzburg, which was the draw in the Champions League. However, due to UEFA's incompetency and inability to correctly fix a draw, the draw is being redone. Manchester United were not put in the pot to be drawn against Atletico Madrid. Atletico drew Bayern. Manchester United got PSG. Because, of course, UEFA wanted Cristiano versus Messi. Two last times. That's probably going to be it. And United haven't appealed this, by the way. Their fans are outraged. But I think United were quite happy with this draw. Because I don't think they wanted Atletico Madrid. But Atletico have protested. Atletico have said, you know, we'd much rather have United than Bayern. Understandably so. And the draw will be redone at two o'clock, about an hour from now. So we will discuss that tomorrow. That's what we will do tomorrow, is we'll talk about whoever Liverpool get tomorrow. For now, we can look back on Saturday's game. Liverpool won, Aston Villa nil. The scoreline does not in any way reflect the game that we saw. Liverpool absolutely battered Aston Villa without playing particularly well. They weren't bad, but they weren't particularly good. Villa came and basically did a decent approximation of what you'd imagine a Tony Pulis team would do in this day and age. They put seven in defence. Two in midfield and left Ollie Watkins wandering around up front like a very lonely man. John McGinn stood in front of Maddie Cash and doubled up at right back. Douglas Louise stood in front of Maddie Target and doubled up at left back. Marvellous Nakamba became a third centre back. And Jalen Ramsey, or Jacob, Jacob Ramsey, and Ashley Young basically dropped from the wing positions into midfield to try and press and harry our three midfielders. This was a very easy game for Liverpool. Villa were awful. The Reds were denied only by a combination of some bad finishing, some bad decision-making, and some appalling referee. The Reds should have had at least three penalties in this game. Sadio Mane should have had a penalty early on. He's absolutely fouled by Maddy Cash, who tugs out of him and pulls him down. If you saw the Norwich-Manchester United game, Cristiano was given a penalty for less contact, but he fell in a more dramatic way. So he got his penalty and Sadio didn't. Andy Robertson should have had a penalty. At least one, maybe two. He cut back inside Matty Cash and then got cleaned out by Marvellous Nakamba. No penalty given. I don't even know if they looked at the right incident. I have a feeling they looked at the Cash-Robertson incident and not at the Nakamba challenge on Robertson. There was a second Nakamba on Robertson incident where a cross comes in from Trent. Robertson meets it at the back post and as he meets it, Nakamba again kicks him up in the air. No penalty. Nakamba had been booked before either of these incidents. Should have been sent off. 
should have again been sent off later in the half for a foul on Jordan Henderson, but somehow stayed on the pitch. We went into the break, nil-nil. Liverpool had had 67, 68% of the ball, but the entire game was played in the Aston Villa half. The only notable moment for Aston Villa, there were two. Alisson slipped, allowed Ashley Young in round him, but Joel Matip dealt with it very, very well. And there was another Alisson-Trent mix-up that almost allowed the same player, Ashley Young, in on goal. That was about it. They're credited with four shots in the game. I don't really remember them having four shots. They're credited with 37% possession in the game. I can only imagine the majority of that is from Emmy Martinez holding the ball before taking goal kicks. Villa started time-wasting about 15, 20 minutes into the game. It was embarrassing to watch what they did. They cheated, they kicked, they fouled, they time-wasted. They never left the edge of their own box and they just punted it long in the hope that they might get something from that. There can be no credit to Villa for a good performance here. We wouldn't give credit to Tony Pulis if if Stoke turned up and played like this. We didn't give credit to Tony Pulis when Stoke turned up and played like this. And Gerrard shouldn't get any either. The Reds did go one up on 67 minutes. Salah fouled very clearly in the box by Tyron Mings. You can pick which foul of the three Mings commits that you want the penalty to be for. It's a penalty without question. Salah steps up and smashes the ball home. In off the bottom bottom of the post, it's the perfect penalty. Martinez is a giant and he couldn't get close to this. Liverpool deserved to be more than one up, but one up they were. And they should have scored a couple more. They had a couple of great breakaways and the wrong decision was made each time. Mane broke with Salah and Jota with him. Three on one against Ezri Konza. Mane has three options. Drive at Konza and commit him before slipping the pass. Feed it to Jota on the left who can then cut it back to Salah centrally. Or play it to Salah early. He plays it to Salah early. That's the wrong pass. Salah then makes the wrong choice and tries to cut back inside onto his left foot. I think he was trying to get it back to play it to Diogo Jota, but Konza did very, very well. Um, Massive credit to Konza in the moment, but Liverpool made a hames of that. They did another counter-attack where, again, wrong decision was made. Throughout the game... Bad decisions have been made. Salah cut back in his left foot and put one over the bar when he could have slipped in. Trent. Sadio took on a shot when he had a ball to Robertson who was overlapping and could have cut back to Fabinho and Thiago stood on the edge of the box. Van Dijk pulled a great save out of Emi Martinez with a great header. Liverpool had 20 shots in the game. Five on target. Dominated the game, dominated the ball. I would say if you saw a territory map for where the game was played, at least 80% of the game was played in their half. It was a one-sided beating. 
And Villa got very lucky not to come away on the, the wrong end of a heavy scoreline. And this was Liverpool not playing anywhere close to their best, which tells you the levels that there are between these teams. Nobody played particularly badly, but there were a couple of questionable performances. Ox didn't have the greatest game. Playing as a false nine, he wants to be in midfield. He was dropping into midfield. Him and Henderson found themselves getting in each other's way, and neither of them had any kind of impact on the ball. Both did some good work off the ball. I do think if Klopp had seen the Villa team before picking his own, he might have picked Ox in midfield and gone with Jota or Taki Minamino up front. Because what you needed here was someone to drive to that Villa midfield. We saw Joel Matip do it on a number of occasions. Went on nice big adventures, headed up the field. Villa couldn't get close to him. He looked like Alan Hansen, Franz Beckenbauer. Villa couldn't close him down. Liverpool's two centre-backs were outstanding on the day. Virgil got booked early after tussle with Watkins. But from there, he was flawless. Matip was flawless. Robertson had a great game at left-back, to be fair. Robertson was outstanding. Trent had a decent game. Pretty quiet by his standards. Fab was excellent. Thiago wasn't close to his best level. Still solid. Henderson was decent off the ball and came into the game in the last 15 minutes as it became a bit more chaotic. But on the ball, he didn't impact the game. Ox had an uneven game. Salah had an uneven game. Salah was given the man of the match by um, by the club Twitter account, which I thought was bizarre via the Twitter vote. But Salah wasn't the best player on the pitch. It wasn't a great Mohamed Salah performance. Sadio had a solid game. Caused them a lot of problems. As I said earlier, the decision-making was poor. And we made Tyron Mings for 65 minutes look like a good defender, which we know he's not. Konza was excellent next to him, as he is most weeks. Matty Cash did pretty well. Should have given away a penalty, but stayed with Mane, stayed with Robertson, and coped well with the threat that the two of them provided. We should have won the game a lot more comfortably. That's the the only real feeling I have on that. We should have won the game a lot more comfortably. Obviously, the main Liverpool sites all have a lot of post-match coverage. Uh, some of it covering Steven Gerrard's bizarre comments after the game, where he said the, game's, the game was decided by penalties. Liverpool got theirs. We didn't get ours. Tried to claim Salah, committed a foul on... Mings before Mings fell Salah three times utter nonsense tried to claim Danny Ings should have been given a penalty the Ings incident Milner has come on for Thiago and his first involvement was to Polak's Emi Buendia which was a beautiful moment he got away with it didn't get the deserved yellow card because Henderson had fouled Buendia in the moments before that But Milner emptied the midfield, missed man and ball, Villa broke, 
the ball drop between Ings and Allison. Allison kicks it. Or, sorry, um, Allison and Matip. Allison kicks it off Matip. Ings fouls Matip. Ings shoves Matip. Gets towards the ball. Allison slaps the ball off Ings's foot. Danny Ings is never in control of this football. And Danny Ings falls over and wants a penalty. No foul was committed. Allison very clearly got the ball. There was no foul. There is no penalty. If there's going to be any kind of set play off the back of that incident, it's a free kick to Liverpool for Danny Ings shoving Joel Matip. That's it. So Gerrard's cry arsing was misplaced. I understand he's playing to the Villa crowd. You know, he wants to be seen as being the Villa manager, but th this is garbage. This is Roy Hodgson-esque garbage to come out and say, well, the game was decided by penalties. It was, in a way, Stephen. You are correct. It was decided by Stuart Atwell turning in the worst refereeing performance of the season, along with Lee Mason as the VAR, who is a buffoon anyway. How they didn't give Liverpool at least two penalties in the first half, I have no idea. Absolutely none. But the game was the game. 1-0 to the Reds. Uh, on the Anfield Index website, Stephen Smith has the player ratings up. Uh, he's given Allison 5.5. I think that's fair. He had a couple of messy moments. Trent of 7.5. Robbo, Joel and Virgil, 8s. Thiago and Henderson, 7s. Fabinho and 8. Sadio, 7.5. Ox, 6.5. And... Mohamed Salah, 7.5. Jota, 6.5. He's given Milner 6.5, which is generous. Generous. Never say that Stephen Smith is not a generous man. And an 8 for Jurgen Klopp. Um, the decision to start Ox up front wasn't the right one. I don't think the decision to replace Thiago with Milner was the right one. We lost all control of the game at that point. And Villa had their most dangerous spell. But look, three points are three points. We take them and we move. Uh, on This Is Anfield, unfortunately for This Is Anfield, they had some post-draw reaction ready to go. So there are a few bits there about a draw against Salzburg. Ignore them. Those are no longer relevant. They have written a piece confirming that the draw will be redone. Uh, the surprise Jurgen Klopp moment that spurred Liverpool to glory is one of the headline pieces uh, written. It's a guest article and it is quite good. It's about the Divock Origi goal against West Brom many years ago, written by Adam Beatty. And uh, it's a very good piece. It's the game where Klopp brought the team to the cop to thank them for supporting the team till the last minute. People laughed and said, oh, they were celebrating a draw against West Brom. No, no, no. We weren't celebrating a draw. Klopp was thanking the fans. Very, very simple. There have been rumours in recent days that the AFCON could be changed. The dates of the AFCON could be changed. There is lobbying to bring it forward to January the 3rd, rather than the current date 
of January 9th, they want to bring it forward about a week. And this would mean that Liverpool will or could potentially lose a number of players, Naby, Mo, and Sadio Mane, for both the Leicester and Chelsea games, because the players will have to leave a certain amount of days before the tournament starts. That could be disastrous. That could be disastrous if they're forced to go that week early. We'll have to keep our fingers crossed that that's not the case. Uh, Kareem Adeyemi, Liverpool target, allegedly, has said that his um, future is not decided, that he will stay at Salzburg in January. He will be there till the summer. It looks like Salzburg would want to keep many with the Champions League draw. But he says he will stay and that no decision has been made, but his aim is to get to a top club. This is a very, very special young player. And someone that it would be massively beneficial to Liverpool to get from Salzburg because you'll never have the chance again. He will get priced beyond where we would go for a young player if Liverpool don't get him this time around. He's having a breakout season for Salzburg, scoring goals for fun, creating goals, winning penalties. He's 18 goals and four assists, plus four or five penalties won this season in just 1,972 minutes. It's an outrageous return for such a young player. And you can say, oh, well, it's the Austrian Bundesliga, and I get that, and I do agree. But he doesn't turn 20 until January. He is putting up numbers that are in the Erling Haaland kind of range when he was there. Now, he's not Erling Haaland. He's a very different type of player, but he is scoring at a similar enough rate to what Haaland was doing and doing more for the team. Adiemi's a really special talent. And if Liverpool could land him, it would be massive for the long-term future of the club. Uh, they have a, lo- a loan roundup as well. Uh, Jake Kane has been highly spoken of, but a lot of Liverpool youngsters are not getting the uh, the minutes that they would be looking for. Sepp Vandenberg did play 90 minutes for Preston against Barnsley in a 2-1 Preston win. He apparently played quite well. Shea Ojo came off the bench for Millwall, played 16 minutes in their match against Peterborough. Ben Woodburn also came off the bench for Hearts, played 16 minutes against Rangers. Leighton Clarkson didn't get any game time for Blackburn. Jake Kane got no minutes at all on his uh, for Newport the weekend, which is a little bit disappointing considering Newport. I mean, it's not like he's in the championship. It's Newport. Uh, Reese Williams, no minutes for Swansea. Reese is having a tough loan spell. It would be no surprise if he's recalled and sent somewhere else. Uh, Paul Glatzel and Adam Lewis are injured. Ben Davies, Louis Longstaff, Anderson Arroyo and Jakob Orzinski did not play. Their teams were not in action this weekend. So that's it. That is the lone roundup. On Liverpool.com, there's obviously there's a piece about the draw that's no longer relevant. Uh, so we'll be paying no attention to that. But there are lots and lots of transfer story type things 
Uh, Jurgen Klopp insists on £68 million Real Madrid transfer as Liverpool man could oust Zlatan Ibrahimovic. This is the Media Digest piece. Uh, the £68 million signing, I would guess, is Frankie de Jong. No, it's not. It's Rodrigo from Real Madrid. Super talented young Brazilian player. 68 million would be would be a bit high for what he's delivered so far. Now, if you look at Vinicius and how he's developed this season and factor in Rodrigo's about a year behind him in his development, maybe you could see a similar kind of trail for him. When they signed Rodrigo, people said Rodrigo was the the one more likely to to reach the highest of high levels. Um, Vinicius more talented, but Rodrigo better work ethic, simpler game, not as reliant on individual one v one ability. Rodrigo more of a team player, better finisher as well. So maybe there's a possibility that he could be something special, but it's a lot of money. AC Milan allegedly have shortlisted Divock Origi as one of their transfer options, looking for a long-term replacement for Zlatan at AC Milan. On the topic of AC Milan, Paolo Maldini has spoken glowingly about the club. He says they're on another level. They're not just quality, they are also mentality. This is a five-time European Cup winner, speaking glowingly about the Reds. You need to lean into this. They're able to handle playing three games a week, Handle the pressure of playing in front of a packed stadium. You need to gain that true experience and become accustomed to it. Some adapt quickly, others less so, and some will never get to that level. That's how you evaluate the quality of a player. He added that Liverpool and Manchester City are operating on a level above the others. I think we should put Bayern Munich into that group. I think it's fair to put Bayern into that group. But it's great to hear Maldini speaking so well about the Reds. There is obviously... A link there to Frankie de Jong as well, coming from Spanish outlet Sport, saying Liverpool and Bayern Munich both interested him and Josh Kimmich in midfield. would be terrifying if he ended up at Bayern. Uh, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool could make fourth bid for Ford, who modelled his game on Fernando Torres. Joe Gellhart is the player. Scouse boy made his mark at Wigan. Wigan went towards the wall, had to sell everybody of value. Leeds snapped him up, and he scored his first goal in the Premier League at the weekend. Outstanding finish, great run into the box, good finish. Quality young player. It would be interesting to see if Liverpool could pry him from Leeds, but I think Leeds will have big plans for him, and I think they'd want an awful lot of money. Um, I also think there's, there's at least two Leeds players. Well, no, there's just two Leeds players. We should want before him, obviously, Rafinha and Calvin Phillips. Um, there is a piece by Ben Boxack saying Liverpool cannot afford to gamble on the next Neymar from Real Madrid, which is, again, Rodrigo. Uh, he was linked to the club last summer, and obviously this is now coming up again. It would be a gamble, and, and as he says, I don't think they can afford to to do that. A 68 million would get you Rafinha. So just buy Rafinha. He's ready to play now. He would absolutely light the league on fire in this Liverpool team. 
Liverpool can succeed Roberto Firmino with Atletico Madrid star as the Reds are offered £63 million forward. This is about Joe Felix. Joe Felix would be a sensational signing. He is absolutely immense. He's just miscast at Atletico Madrid. Um, Mohamed Salah contract compromise. No concrete news on the Salah contract from yet, but surely it is coming closer to a conclusion. The club and player but want him to stay, which usually means he win. He will. There is a difference in what he expects and what they seem to be willing to pay him at the moment. Reports David Ornstein, always reliable. The feeling is that they will come to a compromise. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, Reds boss Jurgen Klopp sent a text message to Steven Gerrard after, the, after his last game against Leicester ahead of the game on Saturday. It's not news. Uh, Jeff Felix, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Liverpool are ready to trigger the £43 million release clause of Barcelona's 17-year-old wonder kid, Gavi. He is immensely gifted. An outstanding young player. I'm fairly certain Barca will tie him down with a new contract very, very soon. I think in Gavi and Pedri, they may well have their new Xavi and Iniesta, and I don't think they'll want to give that up in any way. So uh, I don't see him being allowed to leave Barca, no matter what happens. And lastly then, on Anfieldindex.com, we've got some podcasts up for you. There is a couple on the free side, the Nina Kauser show from Villa, a new Liverbirds, Gay and Amy Kate uh, having a chat. The podcast is called Great Expectations. Do give that one a listen. And obviously on Anfield Index Pro, there is the latest edition of Post-Match Raw. Money Talks with Mo Chatra will be out today and hopefully the new Molby on the spot as well. So those should be out today. Money Talks will be, hopefully, Molby as well. Uh, there will be a scouted probably Wednesday, which we may well do Newcastle, sorry, Newcastle and Tottenham in that one. We'll have to set a definite date for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've got plenty coming out. If you're not a pro subscriber, I don't understand why not. Give it a go. There is a seven-day free trial. You can try that. It's a new offer running as well, which you should check out. Well worth your while. Oh, Guy has just reminded me we're going to try and fix Newcastle for the Newcastle scouted. So that won't be done Wednesday. That will have to be done beforehand because we can't do it in Spurs and one. The Spurs game, I should point out, is in doubt at the moment with their COVID outbreak. So we you know, we wait and see what happens with that one. But that's me for today, folks. I've gone very long. Apologies for that. I will speak to you all tomorrow uh, and we will have a chat about the draw. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.